0: Luke chapter 24, and we'll actually begin at verse 13 this morning. This morning as we had our sunrise service, we read the scriptures relating to the resurrection. And... Here we begin picking up what happened later on that afternoon and evening. Beginning at verse 13. And behold, two of them were going that very day to a village named Emmaus, which was about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about those things which had taken place. And while they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself approached and began to travel with them. But their eyes were prevented from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are these words that you are exchanging with one another as you are walking? And they stood still, looking sad. One of them, named Cleopas, answered and said to him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem and unaware of the things which have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, The things about Jesus the Nazarene, who was a prophet mighty indeed, and word and in the sight of God and all people and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to the sentence of death and crucified him. But we were hoping that he was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, it is the third day since these things happened. But some of the women among us amazed us, And when they were at the tomb early in the morning, they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just exactly as the women had said. But they did not see, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Christ to suffer those things and to enter his glory? Then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. And they approached the village where they were going. And he acted as though he was going further. But they urged him, saying, Stay with us, for it is getting towards evening. And the day is nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. And when he had reclined at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it. And in breaking it, he began giving it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to one another, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? And they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found gathered together the eleven and those who were with them, saying, The Lord has really risen and has appeared to Simon. They began to relate their experiences on the road and how he, had, and how he was recognized by them in the breaking of bread. And while they were telling these things... Jesus Himself stood in their midst and said to them, "'Peace be to you.' But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And He said to them, "'Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Why do they arise in your hearts? See My hands and My feet, that is, I Myself.'" Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see that I have. And when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still could not believe it, because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, Have you anything here to eat? And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it before them. May the Lord add his blessings today to both the reading and the hearing of his word. Will you pray with me? Father, as we come before you, we do give you thanks for the power of your written word, for it is the power unto salvation for those who believe. We just ask now that your Holy Spirit would fill this sanctuary full of your presence. I pray, Lord, that I would be hidden behind you. And that your glory would come forth today. We give you all the praise and the honor. And we just ask, Lord, that you would speak to our hearts with your truth. We pray it in Jesus' name. And amen. Two disciples of Jesus, not numbered amongst the eleven. Two others that had been following Jesus and had been very involved with what had been going on with the disciples on Sunday afternoon or walking back to their village, the village of Emmaus, where they had come to spend Passover in Jerusalem. And they were walking back to Emmaus. And while they were walking, they had this discussion about all the things that they had experienced. You and I, we're a lot that way. when, When we think that there's going to be a great celebration, and we've got this anticipation of what that experience is going to be like, and it turns out that it just doesn't happen the way that we think it's going to. And we kind of get bummed out. And they were anticipating Jesus taking the throne they were anticipating a whole new age for the nation Israel they were expecting God himself to dwell among them and it seems that everything that they thought was going to happen was lost that this one who they had put such faith in such hope in he's gone he died and now what? what? We have to wait for another? And as they're having this discussion amongst themselves, Jesus himself appears, and he begins to walk with them. And and he asks them a question, What's all this you're talking about? Now, it wasn't that he didn't know, but he was trying to really find out what it was they were really feeling. And they asked, are you the only person that was in Jerusalem and doesn't know what happened there? So they began to tell Jesus. They said, Jesus was a Nazarene. He was a mighty prophet of God. He was in the sight of God and in the sight of the people. He was someone who was a powerful prophet. But the elders the rulers, the chief priests, they put Him to death on a cross. And then, this morning, we, we got word that as the women went to the tomb, that they found the stone rolled away and that the, the tomb was empty. And even Peter and John ran to the tomb and they too found that that was a fact, that the tomb was empty. And there's even stories that angels appeared to the women and said that He is risen. They're perplexed. Now what? Where do we go from here? This isn't the way I thought it was going to be. Maybe some of you in your faith journey, you had a a wonderful experience coming to Jesus. The weight of the world was lifted off of your shoulders. Life became brighter and new and refreshing and you had a real experience with the Lord. And then, life seemed to give you a turn in a direction that you did not expect. It wasn't supposed to be this way. Some people experience a A traumatic change in their health. Well, I'm a born-again believer. I'm a child of God. This is not supposed to be my future. It's not supposed to be this way. Or someone has worked for a company for years. A company they thought was solid and going to be there forever. And then... For whatever reason, a downturn in the market, a change in technology, another company buying them out, and suddenly the job that they had expected would be there for another 20 years, it's gone. They didn't see it coming, it wasn't in the plan. We can relate in various ways to the issues that these fellows were contemplating in their minds as they were walking back to Emmaus. It just wasn't supposed to be this way. We were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. But Jesus said this to them, O foolish men, and slow to heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Jesus went on to say, It was necessary for the Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory. Then verse 27 goes on and says, then beginning with Moses and with all the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in the scriptures. <coughs> this wasn't the first time that they had heard Jesus explaining things from the old prophets about the Messiah. But again, we're humans and we have these things Preconceived thoughts of how things are going to be. And even if someone of the statue of Jesus is speaking to us, sometimes we can't receive it because of our preconceived notions. That, well, if I get saved and I become a believer, I mean, life is going to be good from here on out. Everything's going to be a fairy tale happiness the rest of the way. I have no doubt that Jesus spoke to them. And some of the words that He spoke to them were from the prophet Isaiah. Listen to these words from Isaiah 53. Who has believed our message? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For He grew up before Him like a tender shoot, like a root out of parched ground. He has no stately form or majesty that we should look upon him, nor appearance that we should be attracted to him. This is a messianic prophecy. This is a prophecy of what the Messiah was going to be like. He was despised and forsaken of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And like one from whom men hide their face, he was despised, and we did not esteem him. Surely our griefs he himself bore, and our sorrows he carried. Yet we ourselves, we esteemed him as stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was pierced through For our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastising for our well-being fell upon him. And by his scourging, we are healed. All of us, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own ways. But the Lord has caused the iniquity, our own sinful nature, of all of us to fall upon him. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. Like a lamb that was led to to slaughter, like a sheep that is silent before his shears. So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off from the land of the living? For the transgressions of my people, to whom the stroke was due, his grave was assigned with wicked men. Yet, he was with a rich man in his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was there any deceit in his mouth, but the Lord was pleased to crush him, putting him to grief. If he would render himself as a guilt offering, he will see his offsprings. He will prolong his days, and the good pleasure of the Lord will prosper in his hands. And as a result of the anguish of his soul, he will see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge, the righteous one, my servant, will justify many. As he will bear their iniquities, therefore I will allot him a portion with the great. And he will divide the booty with the strong, because he poured out himself to death, and was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore him, yet he himself bore the sins of many and interceded for the transgressors. These words out of Isaiah were written about the suffering servant. Jesus in his first coming came as the suffering servant. He came to preach the good news of the gospel so that you and I would learn what the truth is. That which has been hidden because as men we tend to put religion and tradition and mix it with the word of God. But Jesus came to strip away all of that so that we would not be bound up by the spirit of religion. So that our eyes could be opened and see what is the tradition of men versus the true word of God. The intent of his heart for his people. Jesus showed that in the first coming the Messiah had to come and to suffer that he had to bear our sins to the cross. And that though he was scourged with the many lashes on his back, our healing was purchased by that very act. And by the shedding of his blood, you and I have the opportunity to be redeemed to the Father. So, O foolish men... And slow to heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. It was necessary for the Christ to suffer those things and enter into his glory. The glory came as Jesus was resurrected from the tomb. If all God demanded was the death of Jesus, he would still be in the tomb to this day. But he longed for you and I to be set free from the enslavement of our sin nature. So Jesus had to be resurrected. And in his resurrection, he took the, cha- the keys to hell, to death, and to the grave. And I want you to know, sin and death are synonymous with one another. Because if you continue to walk in sin, eternal death which is the separation from God the Father, is the outcome. He gave us the chance to be redeemed to the Father through the shedding of His blood. He explained to them the things concerning Himself in all of the Scriptures. And then in verse 28 it says, And they approached the village where they were going. He acted as though he was going to go on further, but they urged him saying, Stay with us, for it is getting towards evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them, and when he had reclined at the table, he took the bread, he blessed it, and breaking it, he began giving it to them, and their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. met Mary in the garden. She supposed that he was the gardener. And she asked him, where did you take my Lord? And when he said her name, her eyes were opened and she recognized him. In the breaking of bread with the fellows from Emmaus, they recognized that it was Jesus who who they had been walking with. They recognized that it was Jesus who was reclining with them at table. And they said, did not our hearts burn as he was talking to us? You know, They always said there was something so different about Jesus when He began to teach because He taught as one having authority. I mean, you were drawn to the truth that He said. Even though we know the Pharisees and the scribes and the priests and the Levites, the Pharisees and the Sadducees had no use for the words that Jesus taught. The regular everyday man and woman who battled in the trenches with their everyday sin, they heard the truth. And He moved them because nothing that the Pharisees could say could they ever measure up to. But Jesus came with the love of God, with grace and mercy. He reached out to them to the, in the very place where they were living in the moment. Not speaking of something that they could never attain, but coming to them right where they were in that moment and then elevating them to the place that God was calling them to. We see that it says, and they got up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem. They just walked seven miles. They just sat down to have an evening meal. But they had just realized they'd been in the presence of Jesus. And they had to get back and tell the eleven what had happened. And when they got to Jerusalem, the disciples said, Yeah, he has really risen, and he's appeared to Simon. And they began to relate their experiences that they had with him on the road. And that they recognized him by the breaking of bread. And then, as Jesus does it, when he shows up when we don't expect him, he says, "Be peace be with you. Peace be with you. You know, I, he really had to tell them that because... They weren't sure what they were looking at. They saw him standing there. But some of them still had not yet believed in the resurrection. Even though he told them that it was going to happen. Even though they had been in the presence of others who had seen him. It still was more than they could grasp mentally And emotionally, spiritually. And he said, Peace be to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they were seeing a spirit. And he said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do you doubt? Why do you let these doubts arise in your heart? It is I. See my hands. You know, the wonderful thing, the glorified body of Christ still bears the scars. He has a glorified body that no longer feels any pain. And yet, the scars are still there. I say this because you and I, we too bear scars. Scars from our life journey. Some of you bear some really deep wounds, some things from your past that were really hurtful. But Jesus came to take the pain away. He allows the scars to still be evident so that you have a story that can be told of your journey from being wounded, afflicted, To where you have the peace that surpasses all understanding. And the pain of the past and the guilt of the past and the shame of the past has been lifted off of you. And no longer do you have to walk in that. But left the scars to show that it was part of your past. But it no longer carries any pain for you because you've been healed in your spirit. Do not let the enemy rob you of your healing. says, By his stripes we're healed. Physical healing, emotional healing, spiritual woundedness. Because sometimes the church hurts people. And I don't want that to be the legacy that you live in. I want you to be healed from those things of the past. Those things that... Should never have happened, but yet they did. Jesus came to heal that brokenness because you and I were born into a fallen world, a world where no one has to be taught to sin, we just naturally do it. But we must be redeemed so that we have a transformed nature, we must receive His healing. So that we can walk in wholeness. So that we can have the hope of tomorrow. And I have good news. It begins in this life. You don't have to wait for the sweet by and by for these things to be true. They can be yours today in Christ Jesus. So if you are out there and you're bearing wounds... Hurts, things that should never have happened to you, but yet they did. Brokenness that has left a mark in your heart, in your mind, in your spirit. Jesus has come to heal you and bring wholeness. And to give you His hope. Not hope as we hope here on earth. And and those who are unbelievers with their fingers crossed that something good is going to happen. Biblical hope is the assurance that it is yours. It is yes and amen in Christ Jesus. The assurance that it is yours. Position yourself to receive His healing in your spirit. Let's pray. Father, we lift up all those that are here this morning that have a wounded spirit. Those who continue to struggle with things that have happened in the past. Lord, grant them your healing. Lord, we know there are times that that healing comes as peeling back an onion, one layer at a time. But we pray today that the process would begin here. We thank you, Lord, for your very presence in this sanctuary this morning that you are not in any way abandoning us, but it is your heart's desire to lift the hurt, the shame, the guilt, and the anguish of our past. And give us new life that is found only in Jesus. Holy Spirit, speak to their hearts. Touch them in that place where only you can touch them. Grant to them today your peace that surpasses all understanding. Satan, you have no place in this sanctuary at all. Today, this is a house of prayer. Today, this is a house of healing. Today, this is a house of redemption in Christ Jesus. Holy Spirit, Do the work that only you can do in the hearts of those gathered here today. That today we may leave renewed in Christ. That today we may begin a new life, walking in victory as overcomers through the word that you have given us today. We receive it with joy and gladness and we continue to declare it in the days ahead. That we may walk in victory. We give you thanks. And we give you all the praise and honor due you. In Jesus' name. And amen. Will you take the hand of someone next to you?